Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome back to Rock That Relationship. We are here with another episode in our dating series. And we are so thrilled today to be talking to Dr. Frankie. I'm going to, I'm just going to end up turning it over to her because she does so many amazing things and helping people find love and find their matches. And we couldn't think about having a season about dating where we didn't talk about what she does is matchmaking. She does, she's a dating and relationship coach. She's a sex therapist, a speed dating host. The list goes on. Just check out our website. We'll give you those info, that information in the show notes. But Dr. Frankie, we are thrilled that you're here today. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Can, can you just share with us a little bit about what, what got you into this line of work, helping people find their matches? First, I want to thank you for inviting me on. I'm excited to be here. Um, so how, what got me into this? So I naturally just as a young child gravitated towards people and w- interested in people, interested in bringing awesome people together as a teenager. I was, just, I'm also a net, I'm a social person. I'm super. Mm-hmm extroverted. So I get my energy from people. So that's how it just naturally happened. And then I realized I have this intuitive sense of what, what two people would vibe well somehow. Mm. Like it's almost like, it's almost like being a psychic <laughs> a little bit. Like I'm very, very intuitive. So I just leaned into that because I thought, oh my gosh, look at all the, the gratitude, like all of this appreciation people were showing me when I just was like, oh, you should meet this one. And <laughs> Mm-hmm. Show up at my party. I'm going to cook tonight for Shabbat. And as a, I was like 19 or 20 in New York City, I'm like, everybody come over. And I would strate- I would be planning who to invite over that I knew would vibe well. <sighs> and then it just felt good. It's like, what's more rewarding than helping people find happiness and love? So that's really, it was just organic. There was nothing. It wasn't like I was thinking about it. I was just doing what came natural to me. Wow. So what? did your, did your friends ever seek you out and say, okay, I'm, I want to meet someone like help, help me out here. Did it get to that point where it was not even like kind of covert, but more like in, you know, Hey, help me. Yes. So that when people saw that this was natural for me, they would ask for help. And this was even, this was back then, like in the you know nineties when we were still, I think it was just beginning where folks were doing um online dating. There were no dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, and like plan it out. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, right. The women are, were meeting women <laughs> in New York city and on the East coast for sure through plan it out. Um, and it was, that was effective back then, but they would still ask me because you know, that they, they trusted me, but also I think even then it was a little bit scary to go out there and meet random people and go on blind dates. And you wanted to know that somebody was actually setting you up that knew you well. So yeah, mm-hmm. they did ask me. And for years, I wasn't even, I didn't even know, I didn't call myself a matchmaker or anything until 2009, after being, working as a therapist, a psychologist for nearly a decade, um, I realized there's a need in our community just because of my clients that were sitting on the couch talking to me, Mm -hmm. my single clients, um, repeatedly sharing how frustrated they are, that they just can't find the quality or people who are relationship minded and so on. I'm thinking, geez, I wish I could set them up with my client that I just saw like <laughs> the hours prior. Right. Yeah. But you can't because of confidentiality. So um I decided to give it a shot and try to take 
uh, a talent and see if I could make a business out of it. And there was nobody in that space and people didn't have a frame of reference for matchmakers other than like Fiddler on the Roof or the movie Hitch. They'd be like, are you that? but that that's so incredible and this will show like how untech savvy i am so when i was like i think even telling Corey, i'm obsessed with that show india matchmaker and i was like why is there not this for lesbians and if someone had given me the bio sheets of some of the people that i have dated recently i would have just that would save me a lot of heartache right and i was it never occurred to me to look online to see if there was one out there so i you know it's when I was studying for the bar exam, my ex-wife was like, I'm sure there's a thing for your phone, like an app you can listen. I'm like, what? There would never be something like that. And she's like, give me your phone. And in two minutes found the app, you know, to study for the bar so I could hike and study. And it never occurred to me there could be a lesbian matchmaker out there. And then Corey told me, I'm like, oh, my God, like our dreams have come true. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to television at this point because in the last couple of years, mm. You know, Love on the Spectrum, Indian Matchmaker. Before that, it was Patty Sanger, Millionaire Matchmaker. It it kind of put us on the map in a way. And mm-hmm. it gave people some knowledge because, no, it doesn't occur to them. It's only now that things are getting right. Because right? There's, there's no option, really. It's like the dating app or, right? Because we're not meeting right. each other out and about anymore. Right. People have lost their skills and their confidence in striking up conversation with strangers. So now they're thinking, well, what else is out there? So now people are searching. Lots of people come to me through Google. How, how do you feel about the apps? Do you like work with the apps or you just no apps, no way? Or will you sit with someone and go, oh, swipe left? No, no, no. Or do you do any of that kind of thing? That's a good question. There are matchmakers out there that actually help with dating profiles, that help with responding um, and that helps swiping. And that's not a service at this point that we offer, but I coach with a lot of clients. So I'll say, let me see your profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll make suggestions about how they can respond. Um, mainly a lot of the energy goes into how do they maintain optimism? Like their mindset, mm-hmm. they're so discouraged and it doesn't matter how much money you make, where you live in the country, how educated you are. It's, everybody's feeling it across the board. Mm-hmm. It's rough on dating apps. So it's sort of like, it's mm. like step into a suit of armor and <laughs> know that it's going to uncomfortable things are going to present and you've just well, got to sort of not take it personally. That is the exact conversation that Corey and I had. So she said she went on your speed dating a couple of years ago. She also was doing the apps. And by the way, she's written a book about this, which is very funny. And we'll have to send you a copy once it uh, gets published, but she was feeling terrible on those apps. And I was like, look, you can't take this personally. You have, you know, if someone doesn't respond within a day, you don't know what they're doing. A, you don't even know who they are. You don't know what's going on in their house. You don't know what's going on in their life. And you're getting a little slice. And it just happened to a friend of mine too, who lives in a pretty rural area, a gorgeous rural area, but she's trying to communicate with people in other parts of the country and then suddenly they're gone or they go away for two months and she just got off the apps because she can't take it. And I'm like, I get it. You can't take it personally. It's disheartening, but you don't know what is happening in those people's lives or why they get on the apps. I think a lot of people get on to like, you know, lurk or look and then they like back out when it could get serious or something. So Yeah. There's also a lot of trepidation. Like they're, they've had, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to have, 
like negative feelings around something. If you've been ghosted once or twice, or you've shown up on mm-hmm. a date to find that your date looks nothing like their profile, <laughs> that's enough to then make you feel guarded. So then mm-hmm. you're just, you're, you're only slightly really making the effort, very little. And it just, people feel that you have to be either mm-hmm. willing to really do it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to approach this honestly and authentically and be good intentioned about it or not. It's almost like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I always say step in, give a hundred percent, right? Effort and then step out, like go in and out of it. So that's what I'm seeing people do. They'll do it for a week or two and start mm-hmm. to feel stung by it enough to go, you know what, let me, let me step out, regroup, take a deep breath, and then mm-hmm. decide to give it a shot again. So just like not over, cause you burn out real fast. Cause it's, it's like rough waters. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no matter how strong of a person people. you are, you know, like I'm a rational right. minded person. I was like, well, I know that there's things going on. I know people aren't responding. I know it's probably not me, but at the same time, it still hurts. Like it still feels awful. And I'm, you know, kind of wondering on your part, like how much of the, the psychology and therapy work that you were doing prior to, you know, the, the more of the, the dating and love relationship stuff really kind of comes into play. Are you finding that you're doing a lot of more of that therapeutic stuff with, with people and helping them cope with the dating thing? I mean, you talked a little bit about that, but I, I can see this really merging in a way that is really beneficial for folks. People are feeling really disillusioned and losing hope like they're feeling Mm -hmm. sort of hopeless about it and the pandemic has only compounded things they were already feeling really Mm -hmm. frustrated Mm -hmm. before and then we had the pandemic that caused us to feel more isolated more lonely less interaction less social Mm -hmm. opportunities then we lose our confidence right our social Mm -hmm. skills get impacted all of that and I there's right now there's a lot of focus in my coaching work and in my matchmaking to help people stay positive because there's self-fulfilling prophecies. If we're, if we're feeling negative and we're putting negativity out there and it's affecting the way that we're, we vibrate, like you're just, you're not, you're not going to attract the type of person that you're going to be excited about. Mm -hmm. Well, and I have to say like the apps to me versus what you're doing, your model, like your model, people are having to commit. They're having to fill out a lot of stuff. They're going to talk to you or they're going to do the events you're doing. And it requires a bit of like an emotional commitment, right? Am I really serious about dating versus the apps? You could be like, Oh my God, I'm heartbroken. I'm lonely. My friend said, you know, you need to get back out there and you're kind of doing it. You know, just, I I think there's more perusing on the apps. Now I did meet my ex-wife and another partner through the apps. And so I was lucky And I think they were some of the first people. And I met friends through the apps, which for me was great. But like you, I'm hypersocial. You know, I'm very much an extrovert. And I find it easier. But I also feel like when I go on the apps, which I'm not interested in doing ever again, it's like I'm a piece of meat out there to be, like, I just don't want to do it. Even in the lesbian world, you know, it's not as bad, I think, with men versus women. Men can be a little more... Um, there's some grosser ones out there for gross purposes, right? I mean, I mean, maybe it's the same. I don't know. I think the, my events, not that I think I'm certain that my events actually attract people who are more serious about Mm -hmm. meeting somebody. They're willing to spend, you know, 45, $50 for a two hour event. They're willing to show up be right show right. up whether it be physically in person at a venue or they're showing up on a screen 
virtually. Like you have to have your screen open. You can't deter- mm-hmm. uh, attend mm-hmm. one of my events with, you know, your camera off. Right. And here's an opportunity to sit with somebody for six minutes and see, or do you find them at all objectively attractive or, you know, are they interesting? And it's enough time to really, you know, it cuts out all of the wasting time of messaging, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wondering what this person looks like. Are they, you know, how do I get them from messaging to meeting me virtually mm-hmm. on a Zoom or FaceTime so I can see the, all that is cut out. So it just, it cuts through a lot of that. And it it's, you know, people who want, they're serious. They want to invest the time mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. Well, you I, can feel the I, vibe too. I noticed that when I did it was, um, <clears throat> I could feel how I connected with someone. There was one person in particular where the conversation was so easy and it felt like 10 seconds. And there's the, I could never have gotten that through messaging. Right. And, and then we ended up having just such easy conversations from that point. So, you know, I really, I really benefited a lot from that. And I, and I will tell you too, but interpersonally, I went from being a very awkward conversationalist. I'm an extrovert. I'm a, I'm a professional speaker, but when I was talking to people about dating, I'm like the worst, right. It just like goes out the window. It's like, I don't even know what to say. And, um, and at the beginning of the first speed dating, it was like, hello, what is your name? What do you do for work? <laughs> and by the end, I'm like, hey, what's that picture behind you? Tell me a little bit about the story yeah. about how you got that. And I started to see myself actually transform as a better dater, even if I didn't find anyone on the speed dating, uh, you know, at the speed dating events. That's so touching. I love hearing that, you know, because it's so much has gone into building all the aspects of my company and uh, people don't realize how much energy, time, patience, stamina that goes into all of it. So when you, when I hear that people are having a positive experience, especially if it feels transformational, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That reminds me of why I do the work that I do. <laughs> I'm a better dater. I'm such a good dater. I actually got into a relationship and I haven't blown it yet. So excuse me, I need I need to jump in here and take some credit for that. I want to take credit for that. Um, I'll tell you when we she and I met two years ago, like July fifth, and she was fourth, just had a breakup, and we both went to this. We talk about this all the time. This terrible pool party. We were so depressed. We're our friends had each sent us there. And then she and I met, we became, we talked for a while. We both left and cried. I was crying before I even left the front yard. She was crying and we didn't meet again for a month and a half. And she was a nerd, like a nerd dater. It was awful. And she did everything. I mean, this first, she had spreadsheets. She had all this stuff. And like those speed dating events really helped her because it, you know, you're talking to, I think what, six people, you're there for two hours talking to six people and like when I did it the other night, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be like, I no, this is just going to be too weird or even for an extrovert, but it was awesome. And the time passed with the people, you know, that you really did click with, even just on a friend level, the time passed like that, you know, it was crazy, like so quickly. You can actually meet more than six people. It just depends on the type of focus. We do themed events. So this is another mm-hmm. thing. It's like, it attracts people that you have a higher probability of matching with. So we'll have mm-hmm. events based on interests, um, geography, age ranges, things like that. So it self-selects, right? And then, so sometimes you can, you can meet 11 people at an event. It wow. just mm-hmm. depends on the size. Some of it, like our executives, executive women's event is one of the most popular. 
And those I'm doing days, that one in August. Yeah, yeah. So be ready. Cause you're going to have probably more than six. Cause our goal is to just have you meet as many people as possible. So you may, you may, you may be going on five minute dates. So you can meet mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I remember mine were four minutes. I was telling Tracy that. And I think it's cause I just, there were, it was the career professional one and there were so many people in there and it was great to connect with people. So, you know, we're talking about speed dating a little bit and, you know, most people know what speed dating is and, you, you know, maybe you could de- describe a little bit about what it looks like. Cause we're talking about the virtual ones, but what does it look like in person? What does it look like virtually? And, you know, kind of how does that process work if someone was interested in doing it? Yeah. So virtually it's pretty, I mean, it's thank God for the pandemic because that's how we ended up <laughs> making them virtual. We had to pivot. So, um, and what it has, we have found is that introverts come out now and they do virtually. They said, I've always tried to get up the courage. So many of them are like to show up in person at live events, but they were intimidated and mm-hmm. they love, they love the virtual events. They're, they're in their own home. So that's it. You get to do it in the comfort of your home, um, or wherever mm-hmm. you're comfortable and have some privacy and mm-hmm. have good lighting. I always say, make sure you yeah, yeah. figure that out beforehand that your microphone works and the video <laughs> and the lighting and so on and make an effort, get dressed up. Like you're going on a first date because these are all first mm-hmm. dates with people that you don't know. Maybe they're going to turn into a second date. And um, it's very, they're very organized. My events are, they need to be organized um, because people are nervous and they need direction. They need to feel like they're going to mm-hmm. be held throughout mm-hmm. the event. So the, the virtual events are more, there's more, it feels more like in a way, it feels a little bit safer because it's more controlled. You have less variables, like in a public mm-hmm. setting at a lounge or a restaurant or a bar, so much more is going on. There's a lot of distraction because mm-hmm. um, often we don't have the whole space to ourselves. So there's people from out, outside of my company walking through the room or you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I always say try a virtual event first because it's like it gets mm-hmm. your head a little bit. You can feel the pace. Um, so the way it works is we use Zoom, actually, and we're in a main room. And I have two hosts, one who works the tech and the other one who kind of warms up the room and helps people socialize in the room. Because there's a few elements to this. You're not going to be able to meet everybody at the event, most likely. Right. So we mm-hmm. want people to be able to kind of show who they are in the main room. You know, in addition to when they go into the breakout rooms, because you can match with somebody who you're in the main room with that you never, ever go in a breakout room with. Right. So mm. we rotate you. We'll match you based on my algorithm. You put in your preferences, your age range preferences, your age, how you identify on the masculine and feminine spectrum. On I think it ranges from one to five. And um, the algorithm does the best that it can do with what it has to work with, who's in the room. And it just matches you based on that. And then at the end of each round, you get to put your feedback in. So you can indicate if you want to go on a date with that person, if you'd like to see them again as a friend, if you'd like to connect with them for business, all three. I always say do date and friendship, mm-hmm. indicate both, because you just, people get shy. They feel like it's a mm-hmm. big co- commitment to click the heart. The heart is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've thought about changing that icon, like psychologically, it's just, I don't want there to be a barrier <laughs> to connection. Um, so I always encourage the host to say, do both friendship and date, because you just never know. Mm-hmm. And then it goes like that. Every five, six minutes, you rotate, you come into the main room. There's a few minutes to put in feedback. You get to 
you know, laugh together as a group a little bit and you can message directly through zoom chat. We allow that feature mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, within 24 hours, you'll get your matches. So as long as you match on the same variable, then you'll get each other's contact information. That's basically it. And the live events are just, it's the same. It's just that you're, you know, once a month in various cities across the country, will have an event. They're less theme focused because it's too hard. Uh, it's too risky with a theme. Mm. We know it's a very successful theme because then everything gets canceled. It's a live event. It's much easier to cancel a virtual event, for example. Um, and the live events are just, it's in a, you know, there's often alcohol. So if you're sober, for some people that makes them uncomfortable. Um, we've tried to do them in libraries. I've tried everything. I've tried gym. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, people make a suggestion. They're like, Dr. Frankie, what do you think about gym, a gym? I want to meet workout people. What if you did one in mm-hmm. a gym? Sure. I'm willing to try. That's cool. Why not? Right. Like, so yeah. That's how and, it and do do you just do um, lesbians? Do you do straight people? What do you do? Yeah. So we have, for the last 15 years, we're celebrating in September um, our 15th anniversary of launching Little Gay Book. And that is for lesbians, bisexual women, trans women. Um, and we now are, are expanding Little Black Book matchmaking is for heterosexuals. So we're working on building um, that side of the company, but it's just, it's just beginning. So we will. It's have- funny because I got on there and I got on the second one and said hetero profile. And I was like, what? And Corey's like, click on it. I'm like, no, I don't want to get sucked in there. I want to be on the gay part. <laughs> yeah. So I got over to the little gay book side and it, actually the scale is one to 10, one being uh, totally butch, five is androgynous, and then 10 is femme. And I always classify myself as a six being a soft butch because yeah. I'm just a little bit above androgynous in my opinion. And the, <laughs> the scale slightly different, I think, on the app. It's um on the app and the the speed dating oh, is it? database. It's one to five because we couldn't, there's too many numbers, whatever. For yep. screen. There's all this tech stuff, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we have, eventually my dream is for us all to be on one site. Like we're just people wanting to meet people and date. Yeah. Um, but when I started the company, I, I needed to be very niche specific. Well, do you yeah. think there is something like unique about lesbian dating? I mean, it's different. Our culture is different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, mm-hmm. there are things that are unique and different. One main thing that we're remind, well, two things that come up on a regular basis is that we don't have a sea of options. We have little yeah. cons all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to be open to dating outside of our little pond, especially if we've been living in that area for more than five years, I would say. I'm picking an arbitrary mm-hmm. number, but for a while. And we're social. Like we haven't been in a long-term relationship, just hanging out with our little group. And you, you know, there's like one degree of separation for us right. because we don't have the volume mm-hmm. that you have, the volume of options in the hetero world. So that's an option that I think people need to consider. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic, that's another blessing. It'll, it broke the, the barrier of dating outside of your area. Like people mm-hmm. are so much more open to going on a date virtually with somebody in another state than they ever were, which as a matchmaker is thrilling. <laughs> it's just like oh, so yeah. exciting. Wow. So many people look up. Yeah. 
The other thing that's really different is that women are specific, like you said, about you identify as soft butch. They, the way they identify their gender expression and what they're, what type of women they're attracted to on that scale matters. I mean, they, Mm -hmm. whether they like the labels or not, we know either, you know what I mean? Some of us are attracted to a full range, femme, Mm -hmm. butch. And others are just like, you know what, Frankie, I just want, I like women on the feminine side or I like women on the masculine side. And that is something we take really seriously in our process of matching. Just like we look at a lot of variables, but that's one that is for sure. Like nobody, I will never send them on a date if they tell me they're attracted to a femme with a butch. It's just, wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, so cool. I mean, I, you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, yes, yes, totally makes sense, you know, because- I, it's been a very long time since I've identified as heterosexual. So it's like some of these things I forget that are really important caveats. But, you know, when you're talking about matchmaking, you know, we kind of see how speed dating works. I've never done actual matchmaking. I have watched some of the the shows and things, but how does, how does matchmaking work? Like if someone, someone comes to you and says, I want to find somebody, like, what do you do? How do you work with them? I get to know them. I interview them. I do a compatibility consultation. I spend about 90 minutes with them, sometimes longer. And I ask them a ton of questions, like mm-hmm. anything that you can imagine <laughs> when you think about compatibility, that would be important to consider. I ask. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, religion, were you raised with a religion? What do you, what do you believe in a higher power? What are your deal breakers? What are your must haves? What do you do for fun? Tell me about your career. Do you like your career? What makes you, what drives you? What are your passions? What are you working on? Are you hoping to accomplish in the next three years? stuff like that. So I figure out what makes them tick and then what, what type of person are they looking to find? Like what's important to them. So collect all this data. So there's this raw, there's data. And then there's also my intuitive sense. So I'm getting a feel for their vibe. Is this person likable? Are they guarded? Are they open hearted? Are they optimistic? Are they glasses half empty kind of person? Are they, um, you know, am I noticing any personality disorder stuff? I'm a psychologist, so that makes me mm-hmm. kind of unique in the world of matchmaking. There's very few matchmakers that are behavioral experts, psychologists. So mm-hmm. I try to feel out for that, you know, um, for substance, right, abuse, dependence, for personality disorders, um, for people who haven't done growth work, like mm-hmm. – I I think that I like to match people that have long-term potential or at least are receptive and open to working with me or somebody on my team to get there. They feel like that's important. Growth work is important. That's a value that I hold and I want other people that I bring into Little Gay Book and I accept into Little Gay Book to feel like that's a strong value as well for them. Mm -hmm. And, um, then had it. So once I do that, I basically, my team and I searches and screens potential matches for our clients. We'll work together for a period of time. You know, usually it's a year and um, we're interviewing, we're vetting and we're coordinating the dates, finding out what, you know, what works for each of them. Some people want to go on a hike. Other people want to go to dinner. Um, and then there's a feedback process within 24 hours, both my client and their date need to submit formal feedback. Then we mm-hmm. hop on a phone call 72 hours later to debrief about it. So 
the program's transformational, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, you get feedback you would not get if you're on a dating app because we've worked hard to develop these relationships with our clients, the women that we introduce them to. So they're willing to be present, right? And available to give feedback and they want feedback too. So it's very much mm-hmm. reciprocal. We're all supporting each other. This it's very exciting. So when I did the speed dating event, your facilitator reached out to me or actually you did the next day and asked me if I was willing to meet a client. And so we're not even, we haven't even talked yet, but we're going to talk soon. And I have to say, just hearing this, it's very refreshing because it's, it is a hard process, right? To be out there and also to put yourself out there. And I think that just from, I, I was married to a psychologist for eight years. So I get all that screening for things, but me, myself, like I kind of let some of that stuff slide. I see it. And then I'm like, Oh, well, it'll work itself out. And I go forward. And so <laughs> and yes, does. as and Corey's <laughs> shaking her head, hasn't worked <laughs> out yet, but it has led us down some very interesting paths. So I appreciate like, I will appreciate having that, you know, somebody else looking out for me in that setting and also helping, Hey, let's talk about it. You know, I think that's great. I I, I think it's invaluable. I think it's an invaluable service. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I would do this work for free if I could, like, I just Mm -hmm. am It's a passion and something that has, it just, it fuels my soul. And I get to, I get to see people live fuller, happier lives. And even if they, and even if they don't, you know what I mean? Find their person through my work with them. They come out feeling more capable, more aware, Mm -hmm. just, yeah, more hopeful. And that in itself is, it's like a blessing. I get to have, I get to touch people in such a way that it allows them to live healthier, happier, so I'll continue doing it. People say, are you going to ever stop? I'm like, I hope not. I hope to continue. Why not? Don't. Yeah. Well, and, and I think people fear like putting out money, right? The apps are very inexpensive. You can get a six month thing or month to month. And I have to say, looking at things, people are like, oh my goodness, I don't want to put out the money. But, and Corey doesn't like it when I say this, but you are adorable. You would be like, just to even get the opportunity to sit down and talk with you, I think would be, I mean, you obviously know what you're doing. You know what you're doing in so many different realms. I think just experiencing that with you and your facilitators who are very professional, it's a learning experience. It's it's worth the money, you know, I, and I haven't put the money out, so I'm not, this isn't a promo, but like, I totally would after this. Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, we take it seriously. It's important. And we want, if we're not modeling that, how can we expect that other people will show up seriously? Exactly. Exactly. And- you touched on something too, as well. Like people will say, well, how do you, Dr. Frank, how do you meet people? How do you find matches for me? And it's literally everywhere. So I will have my hosts. They know who I'm working with individually. I have them keeping eyes out there and letting me know is, and did anybody attend any of the events that could be a potential match? I could be out and about somewhere standing in an airport and somebody looks interesting to me. I'll approach them and introduce myself and see if they're single. They find me through, I wrote for Curve Magazine for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I've been on MTV, on Are You the One, um, which is a dating game show several years ago. People find me that way. So all different ways, like wherever, whenever, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's a matchmaker's life. On podcasts. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Wow. So what, speaking of like the, the dating shows, the reality dating shows, you know, you mentioned them earlier too, like this idea of Indian matchmaking or married at first sight. I have a friend of mine who says that she won't watch any of the dating shows unless they have actual like psychologists doing like, like <laughs> algorithmic matches, because that's the only legitimate way. She does not like other shows where you just sort of, you know, have these other contrived ways of being stuck on an Island and figure out who's going to be with each other. She's like, I want to know that people are matchmaking and doing this scientifically. And so um what's, what is your take on those? Are they, are those doing, I mean, you said they give given matchmaking a lot of exposure, but is it, is it good? Is it validating like what they're doing or some of the stuff kind of like, Ooh, that might not have been the best matchmaking that they did, or I don't know if they're just using the term matchmaking, you know, kind of what's your take on those? Great question. It's made for TV. It's made for entertainment. Yeah. So like the millionaire matchmaker, a, a lot of like the business model is similar to the way that I do things, but I don't treat my clients that way because like it's, it'd be boring for a camera to follow me all the time. I think, cause I'm not <laughs> trying to attack my clients and like, <laughs> verbally assault them but that was what made her her so interesting was she was mm-hmm. just like she would dig right into them and shame them on national television and and granted <laughs> some of them needed to hear like needed to get some feedback but it could have been stated in a way that was much more palatable um so no it's not exactly accurate um like for example Jewish matchmaker it's interesting it was so irritating to me because as a matchmaker, we need to do like some reality testing with our clients because they will, they have a dream in their mind. They have an ideal in their mind. And so mm. we think that we can make magic happen and create a person, mm-hmm. a fantasy person that they have in their mind and make that ha- be a reality. And I need to sometimes set expectations like know that, you know what I mean? You got to look at yourself and think about what you bring to the table and what type mm-hmm. of person would, would want to date you. You have to model, like you have to be the person that you, that you're wanting or, or more so, right? So there's a reality testing in the process. The matchmaker, the Jewish matchmaker is like, okay, let me just take some notes. You want, you know, you want a 5'11, drop dead gorgeous, Ivy League educated. I mean, it was just like on and on. So (laughs) sort of making the client think that that's possible. Mm hmm. So I just kind of, as a matchmaker, I'm like, great. Now I'm going to have to like, it's more work for me because I do the real work and they're coming to me watching this on TV, potential clients thinking that this is how it works and it isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll just say it's facts. It's like, you're, you can share with me your perfect person and just know that we do the best we can to find amazing women, but they're not going to embody every single wish and hope and dream that you have mm-hmm. for your partner. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's entertaining. And yeah, and there yeah. are aspects that are for sure real, um, but also some that are not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they sure do make for, for good TV and uh, certainly quite interesting. Um, well, excellent. Well, I was, you know, one of the things we were curious about, I know Tracy and I are both curious about this is this idea of um, compatibility, right? Like, like, what are you looking for in terms of compatibility? Like with people, is it complementary compatibility? Is it you have the same exact values or is it, uh, and then at what point does like, do you just leave chemistry up to the first date kind of thing? Or, you know, or can you assess a little bit maybe to predict maybe how that chemistry will feel just be based on your vibes? Like, how do you, what kinds of things do you prioritize in that matchmaking? 
So the first thing I, I really think is important to um, discuss with clients is that chemistry can develop over a few dates. I think that we often think that if mm-hmm. there's not chemistry and attraction right off the bat, then this person isn't for us. Mm-hmm. And I think as we get older, mm-hmm. that those fireworks and the that kind of chemistry, it, it's more rare because we've lived life. Mm-hmm. We've had bad experiences in relationships. We're just more serious about our life and we're more fearful. We're more guarded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, it suppresses or it like, it makes it harder to have the firework effect. And um, I think people need to be more open. And so it's not, you're not, I don't say on the first date waiting for like, look for that chemistry. It's like great if it's there, but mm-hmm. if you feel like that person you enjoyed their company, you felt good in their energy, and you're curious to learn more about them, even though you're not attracted to them, you go on another date. Mm-hmm. You it two or three more times. If every time you walk away feeling pretty good and still curious to learn more while acknowledging, okay, I'm not sure I'm attracted. Because you mm-hmm. sometimes attraction just develops. You got to give it a chance. Yeah. Um what else do I look for, for compatibility? So they, they both want the same thing in terms of like a monogamous relationship. I match for monogamy at this point. Um, they are, um, interested, like they need to be sort of, they're wanting, they, if I match people all over the country, so they've got to be open, right. To somebody has to be open to relocation, or maybe they both (laughs) want to be in the same city. There, there are overlapping interests. And some differences. You don't want to date your clone, right? So you want to date, <laughs> keep it interesting. So I look for similar interests and different interests. Um, some people don't want to date somebody with children. Some people want to definitely have a child with somebody. So there's so, I just, there's so much I look at for lesbians, animals. It's a big one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> dogs. Yep. Dogs oh, and cats. cats. Right. Many women <laughs> have cats. Many women are allergic to cats. Mm. So, yeah, it's like we look at the big, big stuff and then the small stuff, too, that can be big. Like somebody's allergic, even if they're a perfect match, there's not there's nothing I can do about that. Right, right. You know, it was funny that you say that I had, I was in a long distance relationship with someone who ended up being my partner of 13 years. Um, But anyways, we were in, (laughs) we hadn't lived together or anything. So she packed up everything in a truck, moved out, moved in with me and said, I forgot you had a cat. And I said, yes. And she goes, well, you know, you're going to have to get rid of that because I'm allergic to it. And I said, trust me, you do not want to make me choose because you'll be getting right back in that truck and going all the way back across the country. And I was like, I'm sure they've got shots or something for that. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it was quite the point of contention. It, absolutely. And, but I mean, we had gotten to the point where we were moving in together and since it was long distance, we didn't even think about that. It wasn't, it didn't even cross our minds. How did you resolve that situation? Um, she did this like immersion thing where she just snuggled with the cat for two straight weeks until she stopped sneezing and then was never allergic to cats again. And we got a second one <laughs> later on. I, luck, I don't know. Fate, luck, serendipity, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what happened, but I love that though. She made the best of the situation and was yep. like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make this happen. Yep. I'm going to give it my best shot. I love that example because I feel like. We should be doing that in life, like mm-hmm. giving it a shot, working hard mm-hmm. to like fight that fight to get with, to make it happen. Yep. And she did. And we got 13 great years out of it and a wonderful daughter. So I can't. <laughs> wow. Amazing. I love that. 
So I have a question as a serial monogamous and a person who I, I never dated or touched anybody that I already didn't know I wanted to date. Right. So I already knew it. I wasn't like, I've been very lucky and I've been in re- good relationships and then some not so good ones, but always eventful. And I've always learned something and I love all of those people. And so for me, I've everyone I've been with, I've been like, I've loved them. I truly love them and still do. And I'm close with some. And I have a big fight with my best friend who's straight about dating. And she's like, you can't just go out. You, you've got to go out and meet a bunch of people. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. I do not want to be exposed to, like, a bunch of different people. And my lesbian mindset, I meet the person. I'm in it. I'm now in a relationship. And she's like, can't you just date for, like, I don't know, a couple months and then just move on? And I'm like, what? Yikes. No, I cannot just do that. I'm like. And so I'm trying, this is the new me, um, I'm going to try to like see multiple people at a time or not, not lie to anybody or anything, but like Corey was doing that two years ago, like see a bunch of people and it feels so wrong to me. Can you just help us out here? <laughs> okay. You are right in line with most women. They feel really uncomfortable dating multiple people at the same time, but it's exactly yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. Okay. We got it. Uh, can you say that again, please? Yeah. <laughs> you it, need to date multiple people at the same time. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. First of all, it helps to slow us down and okay. to be more present because we, we like to attach where mm-hmm. we're females, right? We're wired mm-hmm. to get close really quickly and nurture <laughs> like set up camp. Take care of you know what I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, let's not we can't we can't set up camp just yet. We don't have enough right. data to decide <laughs> that that's the right thing for us, right? So it slows things down. It helps to fuel um confidence. It helps you to like be like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm dating multiple people, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm you know, desirable, I'm you know, I am also vetting. Right. I'm mm-hmm. part of this process. It's just because somebody's interested in me, because a lot of people get chosen and then they mm-hmm. go, Oh, I got chosen. Right. So I must, this must be right. No, you need to be choosing. So mm-hmm. it helps you to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. You can't, when you're looking at one person and you're focusing only on them, how, where's the comparison? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, mm-hmm. when we're dating, it should be assumed that you're dating other people. There's no mm. reason that anybody should be making an assumption that you're exclusive with them until you say something or they ask you. Mm-hmm. But that and, and you don't think that exclusivity talk should come day day two? No <laughs> way. No way. Uh-huh. No, but it feels so wrong. It feels so wrong to like. And it's so right. <laughs> I mean, it feels it feels good, but it's like you know it. I don't know. I, I'm so conflicted about it. So I'm glad we have an expert telling us that it's okay. <laughs> it's totally reminding me right now. Like my kids, I have twins that are 18 and I'm literally pushing them out of my, like to go to college to a university. And one of mine, just as my daughter decided she's going to go to community college, she last minute has changed the entire plans. And I'm like, this was the deal. This was our plan. Now you're changing your mind. And I'm literally going, sorry. And it feels so wrong. It's exactly what I need to do. So just remind me, remind me of what you're saying. 
Yeah. yeah. It just, it's going to help you make better choices. It's going to help mm-hmm. you not settle. It's going to help you have agency and choose and feel good mm-hmm. about the fact that you waited long enough and you took in enough information to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. I'm glad but, we're recording this conversation. You're going to have to listen gonna, to it. This, this one I'm going to have to listen you're to. You're going to have to listen. So, but okay. So here's, here's something that's interesting. That first time I ever tried to do that, right. Where I was date. Well, I don't know if I was dating, but I was like online with so many meeting people, people, meeting people. Yeah. And I had like almost like analysis paralysis though. Like I had so many choices that I didn't want to let any of them go. And it slowed things down almost to like a halt. And then, and then I sort of got this like dopamine hit, like the more that we're interested, like the being chosen thing, the more exciting it was that I liked the feeling of being wanted by so many people at the same time that I almost didn't want to narrow the field down because I liked the way that that felt. Um, this is probably a session you and I need to have offline, but I'm just curious, how do you balance that? Like putting yourself out and, and, you know, kind of doing this comparison thing, but also like in this, in my state of mind was this analysis paralysis and the, really the liking of the attention. Yeah, that's such a great question. No one's ever asked me that. And I've been on a million podcasts. (laughs) You know, what's you know your objective and you know what's going to be best for you. Like you're ultimately, right? You're not looking to play the field forever. You're searching mm-hmm. to find some, a companion. I'm assuming one person. Yeah. And I shouldn't assume that because sometimes, right? These days people sometimes have multiple companions. Mm-hmm. But you're, you know what you're doing and you're putting yourself out there to achieve that. So just because it's almost like I enjoy drinking alcohol, but I know I can't drink more than two or three because it doesn't make me feel good ultimately. Yeah. So we set limits for ourselves because objectively I just want to have a good time and like feel let loose a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't want the negative effects. If you keep sticking yourself out there in the field and enjoying all this attention and feeling wanted and you just get stuck in that, you're not reaching your objective. Mm-hmm. So I mean? is, the ob- is the objective for matchmaking always a life match or a long-term match or, you know. Generally speaking for, if you're going to hire a matchmaker, there's a, it's a, there's a big financial investment. There's an emotional investment, a logistical Mm -hmm. one. They're usually, my clients are usually looking for, to find somebody to spend, you know, hopefully the rest of their life with, or for a good amount of time, they want a long-term relationship. And, and has doing this work, reinforce your belief in like, I mean, when I was a teenager, I'm like, I'm going to be with one person my whole life. And that's how it's going to be. And I turn out to be a serial monogamous and I'm trying to break that pattern, but I've had some very, very good and long-term relationships. And I'm, you know, like I said earlier, close to those people and I don't want to lose them out of my life at all. Um, But do I believe anymore? Like I have on my vision board right next to us, get married, but it's like, I, what I just was ground up by two people who were professing that, but then not serious about it. And so I'm trying to remain open. Do you, does doing this work keep you open to that idea that, that there really is like a match for someone, that there really is a life partner out there? I don't believe that we have one person that's our soulmate, perfect person mm-hmm. that we need to be with forever. I think relationships run their course and even short relationships can be really powerful and transformative and be really good. And mm-hmm. there are some long-term relationships that actually there wasn't a lot of growth in sometimes that mm-hmm. I find in my work with clients that wasn't, that wasn't so good. 
Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't, I think life is long and Mm -hmm. we're living, we're living a long time. So to expect Mm -hmm. to be with one person our entire adulthood, I think isn't so realistic. Is it possible? Sure. But I'm, you know, the numbers show that that isn't so likely anymore and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You can have multiple loves and multiple relationships throughout your life. And it doesn't mean because they ended, it was a failure. Right. Mm -hmm. That, that I liked, I mean, because my parents have been married since 1967, you know, three years before I was born. And it's just, it's like people keeping jobs forever. And I, the kind of life I live, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to do something new. And, and that's not been the case with relationships. It's just that those things have kind of run their course and, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it's heartbreaking. And yet it is really, where would I be without those people? Right. So the, the people that I'm still friends with, it's like, I feel like my life would be so less rich without them. And maybe I would have met them in a different way or whatever, but it, it is interesting. So when people come to you as a matchmaker, are they like, I want to, I want a monogamous relationship, of course, but are most of them saying like, I want to be in a lifetime partnership and can you help me find that? Or just they're interested in getting into a monogamous relationship that may turn into that. They're not using words like lifetime partnership. Um, mm-hmm. there, sometimes I hear, and it's not that often. It's like this last chapter of my life. I want to find somebody to spend it with, mm-hmm. but it's more so I want to find, it's more like, I want to find a companion. I want to go do fun <laughs> things. I want to travel. I want to explore. I want to banter. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's more like that mm-hmm. companionship mm-hmm. and they're not thinking mm-hmm. oh, for the rest of my life. I don't hear that, that I've ever really. Anyone. Do you deal with a certain age range or will you, do you do any age range? Any age? I work, I work with anybody who I feel has the potential to be matched, who lets, who will let me do my job. Um, they're coming to me because I'm an expert. I know what I'm doing because a lot of times it's hard for people to let go of control. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to work with people who are going to let me do what I, what I do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't typically work with people in their twenties because I'm like, if the if the apps are working for anybody, it's for people in their twenties. Like, <laughs> right. go mm-hmm. explore, go have fun. Yeah, you need to pay me to go find you a match. Right. Come back to me when you're like, you know, in your thirties. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that leads us into like this other kind of question: is you know, most people don't even know about these types of services. They don't know about speed dating and match dating and these kind of facilitated processes. They're a lot of times trying to just do it on their own. So. Like, what could you tell for some of our listeners who this might be the very first time they're hearing about, you know, really kind of understanding a little bit more about these processes? Like, what are the benefits of maybe doing some of these facilitated things versus trying to go out on their own and just put a profile up online or maybe linger at the local, you know, bar and see if somebody interesting walks in? It's very curated and supportive. So I, we are there to support clients from the beginning, like from start to finish. Um, so we encourage them, we help, like we help them to acknowledge their blind spots, help them break behavioral patterns. Um, there are many clients that come to me and say, you know what, I keep gravitating towards the same type of personality, somebody mm-hmm. who's narcissistic mm-hmm. or self-centered, emotionally unavailable. So we're able to handpick people to break a pattern, um, for clients. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. We're able to give feedback. So we can help them see what they can't see on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all different ways to get involved. It's like, if you don't feel ready to hire us as your matchmaker, you can show up at a virtual speed dating event 
and start practicing, like you had said, um, Corey, mm-hmm. to just practice social skills. How do I keep mm-hmm. a conversation going? How do I know I'm not monopolizing the whole conversation? Mm-hmm. Learning, right? Mm-hmm. How to have a volley in conversation, how to get from date one to date two. There's a lot of skills mm-hmm. that you learn and it's just, it's supportive and it's transformative is the best way that I can describe it. And when you're out there on a dating app, you are on your own in rough waters <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. and no, no one is familiar. There's nobody that's um, in common that is connecting you. When you work with a yeah. matchmaker, it's, it's like an old, old school way. It's like you, you know, you're someone at church or temple is matching you or somebody in your neighborhood mm-hmm. is matching you or your grandma's matching you. It's something like that where there's more accountability because there's a common person. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's great that you're screening out for, you said like substance abuse and other things. And Corey and I had talked about, you know, Oh, people need a, like a coach for their profile on, on, you know, the dating apps. And I was like, no, we decided that they didn't because if you see those photos then you see what's really happening and it gives you that's, <laughs> a real clue right there. You know, I mean, some things you can learn from that. And I have to say, I think the speed dating that's online or the zoom stuff is great. I mean, zoom, I love everything. I'm sitting at home now. I work at home. I go to the office when I feel like it, but you can see a window into people's lives. And I think that's very Mm -hmm. important. You know, Um, there's just some places you don't want to go into. And I think that that can be screened (laughs) out pretty quickly, you know, and if, I mean, people should be their authentic self. I know you say like, get the zoom light and, you know, be, which I have on me right now, just because yes. you do look gloomy if, right. If you don't have that, but be your authentic self, right. Do you want, you want people to show up as they are? I assume. Absolutely. We need to be doing that a hundred, a hundred percent because you just mm-hmm. set yourself up for failure when you don't do that. Mm-hmm. What is the mm-hmm. point of misrepresenting yourself? Be authentic right. and honest. Mm-hmm. If you Absolutely. want to be successful in this process, I mean, people wonder why they're using filters and then, and then they show up on a date <laughs> right? and they get rejected. It's like, uh, what were you expecting? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think that's crucial. And I do think, yeah, the zoom stuff really helps. And I, I already recommended several friends. I think even because one friend recently got divorced and she's like, I haven't been doing, I haven't dated since 2005. And I'm like, well, the online speed dating is perfect for you. Because you can mm-hmm. just, you don't have to commit to anything, but you can meet people, you know, and then you get to click your little, do you want to be friends or date or whatever? And you do it in private, like you're the only one choosing, right? And I think yes. that's really important. So for people who are nervous about getting back into the process, I think this is awesome. Thank you. And the other thing that, that they should think about is just doing a few, doing a package for like coaching, dating coaching to figure mm-hmm. out if somebody hasn't mm-hmm. dated since 2005, that's like. That's scary to get out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. So it, it just prepare. It gives them skills. It gives them confidence. You've got somebody sort of cheering you through um, and they can get out there and be more successful because you know what? Time is the, can't buy it. It's, it's mm-hmm. right. So we need to use our time wisely. And that's another thing working with a matchmaker. You just, it's less wasted time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's true about coaching too, because people are, are worried about that. Well, why do I need that or therapy or any of those things that really truly help us? And I think, you know, I had never even thought of this matchmaking or coaching except for what I watched on Netflix. And now I have to say, I'm a huge, I would totally do it. And I would hire mm-hmm. you in a second. Ah, thank you. So, 
<laughs> it's, it's funny right before this my my uh partner asked me what i was doing i said oh i have an interview with dr frankie and i told her who you were and she's like oh she thought i was doing like a, a matchmaking interview and she's she's like oh i thought we were in a relationship and i'm like oh yeah we're just in the podcast yeah and so um i but, hate to break it to you but this is the way you're gonna find out in season four <laughs> exactly. Even though you just moved in, it's time for you to go. Right. Why don't you listen to the one of the last episodes and you can find out that we're breaking up, that I'm doing matchmaking. Um, I did want to say one other thing, too, that I thought was really cool when you talk about creating kind of a culture of support. Uh, one of the things I found from speed dating, there was one particular one where I connected with a few folks as friends. And there was one person that we stayed in contact for quite a while talking to each other about being just being in the dating world. We didn't want to date each other. And we found kind of a I found somebody else who was going through what I was going through because no one else at the time other. Tracy had just entered into a new relationship. I didn't have any friends that were really like in the same, like kind of voraciously, you know, seeking a partner like I was. And it was really kind of cool to meet other people like that. So I found community there too, which I thought was really neat. Yeah. So important. A sounding board. And yeah, we need other people around. connection. Yeah. And also to keep it light and laugh about it. Mm -hmm. Don't take it so seriously. Dating is hard. Just Find somebody you can who's also going through it. You can just laugh about it and stay positive. That's how you yes. stay positive. Yeah. I have to say, in my defense, even though I started a new relationship, I was available 24-7 <laughs> to Corey. And one of my whole things in life is creating community. And I've been a person who's literally bounced around the world. And I've gone here and there. And now Corey's gotten me to settle down here. And I have this great townhouse. And after every relationship ends, I'm like, ah, I'm out of here, you know? And Corey has really like helped me to settle down. And one of those things is creating community. And I think we forget we can create community with people who aren't next door, you know, like doing that speed dating. I'm talking to someone, a friend now in New Mexico, in, in New York, in Denver, you know, I told you I invited the one to come stay here for the winter. Like it, it really, it's amazing. Cause I was like, Oh, these people are all from all over the country. And then I did it. And I was like, you know what? This is awesome. Like, awesome, you know? Really quickly, I know we got to stop in a sec because I, I, I got to jump off. But um, I have a community. It's called the Little Gay Book Community. And it's a private community that there's a social media component, but also we have live events every week. Um, and there's a happy hour that I host where people can get support mm-hmm. from me as a psychologist, matchmaker, um, board certified sex therapist, all of that. Um, so... Something for folks to look for on my website. They can join. There's a membership fee. And it's a tribe of awesome women supporting Mm -hmm. and uplifting one another. So just made me think of that. Awesome. Well, I know you have tons of resources and tons of programs and things offered. We'll make sure to put in the show notes a lot of ways that people can get connected with you and find out more about what you're doing. But we really appreciate you taking the time to be here and have this great conversation with us. It's just so uplifting to think about all the efforts you're doing to help people find the the love that they're looking for. So Dr. Frankie, thank thank you you again so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I so appreciate you for giving me the space to share what I do and love. And it was a pleasure. Excellent. All right. Well, to all of our listeners out there again, thank you for tuning in and make sure that you go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.